0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf Mesech is is daf Chav Zayin. We're going to have three sections in today's daf. First is the conclusion of yesterday's discussion regarding if we need Siburin or not in Kenyan Agav second section we're going to move on to will be different halachas applicable to kenyan agav shilism will explain different things that are applicable and not regarding kenyan agav and then the third now in chavzayin and Mubbeiz, we'll talk about gilgal shvua as it related to our mishnah because we saw that your mzoykikin the Metaltlin or zoykikin karka to make a shvua on it even though in general you can't swear and all karkois now, we're holding the bottom of <laughs> We had three proofs yesterday trying to show if when, it talk, when we talk about Kinyan Agav the Metalflan actually has to be piled on the land or not. They were all rejected though. So we're moving on today, Tashma, to the fourth proof. Tashma, and this is a Mishnah in Meseches Ma'as The Mishnah tells us, Ma'asah Barabbin Gamliel Vizkenim. There was a story with Rabbi Gamliel and the others at Canem. We'll mention a few of them momentarily. Shayuboim Bisphina, they were traveling on a boat. Now, Rashi and Teisus both seem to understand a similar idea here, which is he realized that the, prop, the, the peros, the produce that he had left in his house, were not meusser. He hadn't taken off the meisrus, and he was concerned, Teisus Mamash speaks this out, that the people in his house would assume, since he's a Talmud Chacham, they'll eat from it. But that's a chi of Misa, to eat tavel So he wanted to now take off meisr, where he was, and actually, as we'll see, utilizing the people on the boat for the process. So Amr Hederim Gamila Zaken. Rabbi, Gamil, Rabbi Gamil said to the others, "Zaken, the following thing: is Sha'ani Asid Lamud, the tenth, which is going to be the Ma'aser Rishon that needs to be given to a Levi, that I'm going to measure out and take out later. Nasun Yeshua, it's given to Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua Ben Hananya was on the boat, and he was a Levi." And the place of it, turned to Chavzaim at Aleph, and the place that those grains are sitting in are rented to him. Now this is a sort of kinyan Agav, as we're going to explain. But the point is, is that he was saying the place is rented to him. And as Rashi learns over here, Rabbi Yishu Mechanani gave a little coin in order to rent that area. And then Agav, that area, he'll also acquire the Meiserishon as he is a levy. The Isr continues continues Rebbe The Isr acher shani asid lamud. The other ten percent, which that year was the third of the sixth year, so there was the necessity to take off ma'aser ani. That other ten percent that I'm going to have to take off, which will be for ma'aser ani, nasun leila Akiva ben Yosef is given to Rabbi Akiva k'deisha keboy la laaniim. In order that he merits them as a representative of the poor people, he used he was the Gabai Aniyim and he used to give out the money, the gabbai stuka, to give out to the poor people. When the lay and similarly the place. Will be rented to him. I mean, Kiva gave him a coin in order to purchase rent the area, and then he re- also, also was able to acquire the Meiser Ani on top of it. And you see very clearly from this pronunciation, the way that Rebbe Gamliel said it over is that the area needed to be rented so that the metatolin on top of it, the produce in this case, were able to be acquired. So Shema Noah says the Gemara, we see from this mission Mishnah, that it has to be piled on top of it, and it wouldn't be effective as if it wasn't on top of it. Moran says it's not necessarily a Raya. Maybe really in general, it does not need to be on top of the Karka. But Shani Hasim, in that case, it was different. He just didn't want to be Matriach. He didn't want to bother those other uh, Rabbonin. And he knew that if he didn't rent them the area where those payros were actually going to be, that they would feel pressured in order to go collect those payros, the, 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 the maestras quicker. So instead he said, you're renting it, it's your area, you can pick it up whenever you want. But in a Echanami, Agav might be effective even if it's not piled on the Karka itself. Now the Gemara brings the fifth and final proof, which will actually be a clear proof to this Shila. Tashma. So the Gemara says, let's bring a raya from the following. To Rava bar Yitzchak Rav. There are two laws regarding shtaros as we're about to learn regarding retraction, actually, of a shtar when it's utilized as a proof. Let's see. The first halacha is if a seller of a field or someone wants to transfer a property to another person. So he says to Edom, he says, Merit in this field for Pliny. So as to acquire this field for Yankel. And write a shtar as a raya. Now, this isn't a kinyin of shtar, but it's a shtar that's a raya ba'alma that he should have a proof to hold on to. Now, what happens if those two Aden they did the chazakah, and then he wants to retract? So, chayzer b'shtar v'enachayzer b'sadat. This is considered two different transactions. So, although he could retract regarding the shtar, and Teisus explains the reason he'd want to do that is because but once you sell something with a star, even if it's a Raya and it's not necessarily the Kenyan, what ends up happening now is Star publicizes things. People will find out that he's selling properties and it hurts his credit score people won't want to lend him money in the future. So he would be allowed to retract regarding the shtar, but he would not be, meaning he could have it that the chazaka that made the transaction go through is effective, but ve'en ha'chayzer b'sadah. Once they did the chazaka, he cannot retract anymore because that already was, there was zacha for that third party, that yankul, and already would be effective. But he could retract regarding the shtar, as there was no Zakhus inherent in that yet that made it belong to the third party until it's actually given to him. However, number two, Almanashetar, if he says to the two people, be Zoche, in the field, on condition that you write Ashtar as again as a raya. So again, in this halacha would be different. Is Since the chazaka is contingent on the shtar and he's allowed to retract in the shtar, so chazaka bin b'shtar bin b'shada. Even if they did the chazaka already, they haven't written and given the shtar already, so you're able to retract both regarding the shtar as well as regarding the sada, because the entire transaction of it was contingent on that giving over of the shtar as the raya. As long as it hasn't been done, he could retract still. of in who he said, star shtar is saying. Three different halachas regarding shtar, and the third one that he's going to add is going to be araya tar Vetziburin. Treha and two is as we explained. Idach, the third one is, the third one is interesting, like this. Somebody wanted to sell a property to someone else. So what he did was, he brought two witnesses, he wrote up a whole shtar mechira as if the sale went through, had them sign on it, and it hadn't been sold yet. So Imkad Vekasav he had the, prop, the document already written, like we learned in Mesaches Baba Vasra, that witnesses and a cipher could write up a document as a sale for the seller, even though the is not there yet. Now, this is not an issue, Rashi says, of shtar muktam, because what ends up happening, as we're about to see, is later when the lakeach actually purchases it, it'll be retroactively effective from the time that the signatures were made in it, which is the proper date. So there's no issue of shtar muktam here, because it is actually retroactively going to be effective from then. So says Bar Ovin, once the Laikech does chazak on that property, on the property, so what happens now is he acquires the star as we're understanding with Kenyan Agav, wherever the star is. This would seem to be a very clear proof that it does not need to be piled on it because we're saying he's acquiring the property and then he acquires the shtar so that it's retroactive from the beginning whenever that was done originally. You see clearly Agav doesn't require shtar. Morris says it's not a raya. Shani shtar, shtar is different. Meaning maybe in regards to the Karka allowing him to acquire the shtar, there's a distinction. Agav really would require shtar generally. Specifically with shtar, It wouldn't require tziburin. The afsir, the arahu, because it's like the strap, the halter of the land. Like you hold a horse by its halter, by the string, by the strap. So it's a similar idea over here. Since the shtar itself is very connected to the transaction, so perhaps there there's a halacha If you acquire the karka with chazaka, you can acquire the shtar wherever it is. But in general, where it's just shtar, sorry, it's just a karka with other movables. Perhaps in order to be effective, it would have to be tziburin piled up on top of it. Says the Gemara, but that's untenable. You can't say that. Because Vaalak Atani Oven concludes this statement and says This is a classic illustration of the principle that you could acquire the karka and agav the karka acquire the metalthalin as well. So he says it's not unique to shtaros and karka. This is a general principle. The Shm'amina, the Gemara says it must be, we deduce, You see, it does not have to be piled on top of it, and therefore the Kenyan of Agav concludes the Gemara could be done, even if the Metaltolin is not necessarily on top of the Karka, but is in a different location. Alright, let's move on to the second point. Now the Gemara is going to discuss four different al relating to this Kenyan of Agav. Question number one. In and Iloy. When you're planning to make an acquisition of Agav, do you actually have to use the word Agav? Does it need to be stated that you're acquiring the in Agav, or through, vis-a-vis the property, using that Lashon, or not? So Tashmah Gemara brings a Raya, the katani because we learned Kolhani, all of these Raya's that we brought prior when we were trying to figure out, out about Siburin or not, like a tani agav, we didn't mention the word agav. So the Gemara says, you see, you don't have to actually say agav. So the Gemara says, L'tameich, but according to the way you're trying to prove, katani, did we learn that he mentioned, acquire the metaltalin? We didn't use the word kini specifically. Ella, rather obviously, you have to say acquire the metaltalin. Therefore, logically, maybe you'd say you also have to use the word agav. The Gemara concludes, as we already proven. It doesn't need to be piled up on the property. But agave k'ni you do have to use those l'shoines, you do have to say agav and the metaltalin in order for it to be an effective transaction of agav. Okay, let's move on to another Shiloh regarding agave. What happens if you have a fellow who wants to transfer land and movables, but he wants to give the land through as a sale and the metaltolin as a gift? Can you utilize the Kenyan of Agav in this case as well? So, Tashma, let's bring Araya. Proof number one. One <laughs> says Araya. Uh, if in, in our mission in Ma'aseh Shini, we quoted above, we said, "Isur Abagamil said the ten percent Shani along with it I'm going to measure out later." and he could rent the property now the Gemara says what do you see you see clearly the rental is like a sale but the is a gift so you see you could make a transaction of Agav even though there are two different forms of acquisition one being a sale one being a gift question number three what if he wants to transact the field to one and then the Metatel that's being acquired Agav the field to another Person Mahu, what's the lacha? Tashmas, the words going to bring a raya. Is Sir shani asid With that same mission of Ma'aser Sheni, said the ten percent that I'm going to measure out for my ani. Nosim Then be given to In order that he merits in it for the aniyim. Umekoy me And the place is rented to him. Now lechayra that means the place is being rented to Rabbi Akiva, and the uh, the the items on it, the Ma'aser Shani, the Ma'aser ani on it, is for the poor people. So lechayra it's a raya that you see you can do the land to one and then the moveables to another. Warren says, no, that's not a raya. Pircha number one. My muskar muskar le miser. Really what it means when it says muskar, it means the entirety of it is for the poor people. It happens to be he's the representative of the poor people, so when the land is being rented, it's for him, but really for the poor people and therefore the meiser onion and also is for the poor people. It's not two different individuals. He by same alternatively, we can refute this and say Shani Rabbi Akiva, the opposite, which is Rabbi Akiva was different The Yad aniyim Hava. He's like the hand of the aniyim. means really they were both being given to Rabbi Akiva, the area and the Maisir Ani, and this was just a way of saying it should both go to Rabbi Akiva. He'll do what he wants with it because he was the Gabbai Tzedakah, so you don't have a riot to resolve this Shilah. Another way of saying that perhaps is Enachinami here, maybe leasing the land to Rabbi Akiva was like leasing it to the poor, and therefore it wouldn't be an issue of having two different acquisitions here. But in general, to lease to one person and to, meaning to give the area to one person, sell it, and the my sir, or the, the items on top of it to another wouldn't necessarily be an effective transaction. Okay, this shail is not resolved. Let's continue. Ibalu. Question number three. Sorry, Iba, uh, Sorry, we're done with the shayal now. Let's move on. Now, Rava qualifies this of agav. Leishan, we only said you can do agav and acquire the metalton agav the mekulan Is if the person who was buying the metalton gave the value for all of the Price of the metal to land. but if he didn't says Rava he'd only acquire corresponding to the amount of money that he gave. Tanya Kavasei derava and the Breyes supports Rava. The Breyes says that the acquisitions of money are stronger shtar than shtar. And shtar is a strength over acquisitions of kesef. What's the difference? Is kesef has the ability to acquire and redeem. To redeem hektish, something from hektish, as well as ma'asr shini, to redeem ma'asr shini onto money. Masha'en kem b'shtar, you cannot utilize shtar for those purposes. shtar, can be utilized as a divorce contract, Masha'en kem b'kesev, kesev can't accomplish that. Continues the price of k'ayach shnei m'k'ayach and... Kesef and Shtar are stronger than Chazaka, and Chazaka is also stronger than Kesef and Shtar. Kesef and Shtar are stronger than Chazaka in the sense that you can acquire an Eved Ivery like we learned about prior, we have no source that Chazaka acquires an Eved Ivery. Now this is the key. Chazaka is stronger than Kesef and Shtar, she Medinais that if a person sold 10 different fields in 10 different countries once the buyer did Hazak on one of those ten fields, kanam Kulam, he actually ends up acquiring all of them and this is unique to chazaka, not applicable to and this is the key and when does he acquire all those fields and only if he gave the value of all 10 fields to make Kulan if he did not give the value of all those ten fields, like Kona Elek and Egid Ma'isav, he only would acquire parallel to the amount of monies that he gave. So, says the Gemara, the same way you see here, even though you could acquire one field, do Chazak on one, acquire all of them, Agav that one, the same idea, since Agav, you're acquiring the fields and the Metaltolin through the fields, you'd have to give the money corresponding to the full value of the Metaltolin, just like the full value of the Karkois to acquire. All of them. And the Gemara says, This b'raisa could be brought as a clear support to the opinion of Shmuel. It's very much similar to what we just said. If he sold 10 fields in 10 different countries, on one of those 10 fields, and he acquires all of them. Exactly the same Allah. Um, now there's two versions of this. The first one is, he said, I'll prove to you this halacha of Shmuel. Because if somebody was selling 10 animals that were all connected, let's say in a line, and then the one in the front was connected to a string, and the string reached back to the rest of the 10 in the same line. And he gave over the reins to the person he was, bu- he was selling it to, which acqui acquires by a behemagasa. So now, regarding one uh, with with one um, with one reins. Amar lay and he said to the buyer, can he acquire it? Acquire. So mila can Wouldn't he acquire all of them? So it's a similar idea over here. When you do chazak on one of the properties, you acquire all of them. Amar So the Amar the benay Yeshiva said back to. Ravacha braj ravika, he says, not a raya. Me da is a comparable? Hasam iguda There, the bonds of all of them are in his hands. It means this string connects to all of those animals. So it makes sense. You acquire one, you acquire the rest. Here, the properties are separate areas. Just because you did chazak on one, it's not necessarily a raya, you can acquire the rest of them. Now, get Amri the exact opposite conversation. Amar vachaberid I'll prove to you not like Shmuel. You can't do chazak on one to acquire the rest because ilu maser leeser Again, same idea. All the animals were connected by one string, in a line of sorts, and he gave it over to the reins of the front one to the buyer. And he said zukni, and, and he said this one acquired the one in the front. Meekani, honey, what do you acquire? The other nine. So the Gemara says Then the same thing should be here. You do chazak on one. You don't acquire the rest. Mars is me, dummy. They said back to Ravacha Bredravika, Ravika, they said, "Ha'sam You can't you can't compare them because they're, they're different bodies inherently. Granted, they're connected by a string, but since they're different bodies, and he said zukni, so therefore it's not going to be effective. But the land is considered all connected by one mass, and therefore even if you acquire one, you'd acquire the rest of them. So Shmuel's halacha could be upheld. Let's move on to the third section of the day. We said in the Mishnah. Third point of our mission of isayikim esan echasim sheyesh lemachrayus sheein lemachrayus esan echasim sheein meaning that the. Again, the lesson of the Mishnah was <laughs> that when it comes to movables, if you, if you swear on the movables, it can require a shvua also on karka itself, even though in general you can't make a shvua on karka. And this is the Allahic principle of Gilgal shvua, that there are times where you can't swear on a specific item, but if there's anyways a different reason that you'll have to swear in court, which is a legitimate reason, will roll over the shvua that you'll have to swear on the item that you otherwise wouldn't swear, be able to swear about. So, where do we find a mekar in the Torah source that Gilgoshvu is an effective concept that you can force someone to swear about something that he otherwise couldn't swear about because he is swearing about something legitimate? So we learn it from the parsha of Saita. It says in, the, in Parshas regarding Amen. it says the woman responds to the Kohen and she's accepting the procedure that as it will occur, and she says, "I agree, I agree." It's not. And the Mishnah Misach that we learn teaches us What is the Torah emphasizing with this double language? So there's a bunch of things added in. Amin Allah Allah She accepts Amin that the curse will occur or that these, and she accepts Amin on the Shvu that she's making. Amen, Acher. She's saying, Amin, if she was Mizana with this man she's being suspected of, as well as with another man. Means it'll all happen. She'll die in the terrible way that is listed in the Mishnah there if it was even a different man. Amen. shelaysa tisi arusa these are the key words. Amen. that I didn't stray when I was in arusa, <Hebrew> means during erasin, as well as after nesuin. V'shemeres <speaking in> yava knusa, as well as if it's a scenario of yibom, before the yibom occurred. shameres yava is awaiting a yibom. The knusa or after yibom had occurred. So says the Gemara. Let's analyze the scenario of arusa. Arusa, ichidami. What is the scenario that she's accepting on herself? If I was Mizana as an arusa, I'll end up dying now. Eilem itakani arusa. If the case was he gave her kino, he warned her when she was an arusa not to be with a man. And it and ended up happening, she became a Saita because there was Kinoi and there was Stira, and now she's a Saita and he's giving her a drink while she's still just an Arusa. The problem is, the Mishnah and Saita teaches us, and Arusa, as well as the Yavam, don't drink the Sota waters, nor can they take their ksuva. My time, what's the reason? Because the Pasik says, it says she can only become a Saita in order to go through the procedure if she's under her husband, under the jurisdiction of her husband, and as an nesua, veleka, either as an nesua or after yibam. But when it comes to an arusa, she can't drink the sotua, she can't go through the procedure. And she also forfeits her Ksuva as Rashi says, because she caused herself to become prohibited on him. But either way, the point is, can't be undergoing the procedure to have her swear now because she doesn't have the ability to drink the waters if it's not Tahasi Sheikh. Ella says the Gemara it must be. The He warned her not to go into seclusion when she was only in Arusa. She went into seclusion while she was still in Arusa. The Kamashki Now he's giving her to drink afterwards when she's already a Nisua. Says the Gemara. But the problem with that is, Mi Badki Lamaya, the water's not going to check her because the pasuk says, Vinika Ishme avon. It says when will the waters checker if the man is clean of sin Although there's a simple chat in the puzzle, the way we expound it is, Amrahman of the Torah is telling us, if the husband hadn't had relations with her after she strayed, so then the waters will check her. But if, the water, if he wasn't clean of sin because he had relations with her after she strayed, the waters won't check his wife. So therefore we'll emerge over here if he didn't after and he had relations with her after, so then the waters aren't going to check her altogether. And if so, then the test wouldn't even be administered. Being that's the case, this can't be the scenario that she says, Amen satisi arusa. Ela, or rather, says the Gemara, it must be, as Rashi explains, he gave her the warning when she was in Asua, She went into Steer when she was in Asua, And through Gilgal shvuah, El Al-Yede Gilgal, we roll over a shvuah. Now that she says, Amen satisi arusa, even though there was no warning then, and you wouldn't be able to have her drink then, etc., nonetheless, we can require her to make a shvuah about something that she would otherwise have no ability to swear about based on the fact that she is making a proper shvuah during the time period of Nisuin after the fact. So this is the Mikar, at least regarding Isurim, as we're going to see tomorrow, God willing, that gilgoshvuah is effective when it comes to prohibitory law. Now, there's an important Rashi that he points out here. We'll just finish off with this. He says... Why didn't we try to establish the scenario, two points here in Rashi, as a case where he warned her when she was in Arusa, she went into seclusion, <clears throat> she went into seclusion while she was still in Arusa. They did Nisuin, but he didn't have relations with her, so therefore it's not an issue of vinikah Ha Ishme Avin, and in such a scenario, maybe she should become a Saita. And she should be able to drink and warn her, and still he should add on, So Rashi says, the Gemara tries to explain the Mishnah this way, but it refutes it because that doesn't fulfill a different pasach of Miba'al It has to be, husband had relations with her before the Boyel. In this case, that wouldn't be, and therefore she wouldn't be able to become a site in this case either. Now in Yavamas, there's another attempt to say where he had relations with her when she was in Arusa, in her father's house. And then following that, she went and became a Saito while she was still in Arusa. He did Nesuin. So now you could fulfill both Psukim, but Ula does not want to explain the Pesach this way. And therefore the Gemara comes out. It has to be virtue, uh, Gilgul Shvua, that he could warn her about Amen Shaloi Satisi Arusa. Okay, we're going to stop here at the bottom of Chavzayin and Beis as the Hashem will continue the sugya and show how we know tomorrow on um, Dav that there's also a concept of Gilgoshu when it comes to Momon, Monetary Law. Everybody have a wonderful day.